call is being recorded. Hi, so welcome to the Parker Talbot Show, and we are on with a good friend of mine, Kayla Plum. Uh, him and I served a mission together for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints in Minnesota, Wisconsin area, and uh, we are uh, talking for actually the first time in a long time. We haven't talked aside from messages and texts in about 10 years, so it'll be fun to, to catch up and reminisce. Uh, remind the uh, audience where you're from, Caleb. Uh, right now, currently, I'm in located in Jux City, Kansas. Fantastic. So, My wife the land, the land, Yeah, the land of Oz. <laughs> I remember my wife, Marina, she's from Kansas, and she said she uh, got so tired of the, you're not in Kansas anymore, Dorothy jokes, whatever, when she went to school. So I don't know if you got tired of the same or if you heard the same a lot. I don't know. Maybe women hear that more than men because Dorothy was a girl. I don't know. But my wife got sick of it. <laughs> no, not It actually quite a bit. And it, it was even funnier from where we served our mission because you understand, where was it? Because um, Minnesota is where Judy Garland, who played Dorothy Gale, was born. Really? So Wizard of Oz is like just as big as a thing in that part of Minnesota than it is in Kansas. Wow, that's funny. That's funny. And there's a there's a lot of Minnesota connections I didn't realize. It's a funny coincidence because <clears throat> so when I was in Minnesota, like you, you know, we you, you and I were in Duluth, there in North Minnesota, northern Minnesota. And it's funny because now I, I, uh, I work from home, but my coworker, who I talk with all the time, lives in the Duluth area, and the company I work for is headquartered in Minnesota. Um, and they also have a big hub in Salt Lake, which is the other place I've lived. So connections are are everywhere, and uh, I don't know where I was going with that, but it, it's an interesting connection coincidence. Um, but it- Duluth is one of those weird, I find that Duluth specifically, like, I guess it's bigger, it's a bigger town in the U.S. than I realized when we lived there. Really? Like, you think about, like, Duluth Trading Company, there's been TV shows that were filmed in Duluth for, like, especially on, like, Cooking Channel and stuff. I'm just, like, I always hear, I always seem to hear it, and that's the one that always comes around more than Minneapolis, more than St. Paul. I find Duluth, Minnesota more present in my life than any other city I've been to. <laughs> really? You know, it's, it's, I feel like part of it is it's such a unique, it's such a unique place because I, I feel like it's, it's like big, but not massive. You know, it's not <clears throat> Minneapolis size, but it's still decent size, but there's nothing else around it for like hours and hours. Um, and it's, I feel like from my experience compared to the rest of Minnesota, like the Twin Cities and such. It's just a different culture up there. It's I, I maybe that's why it's just it's a very unique place. I guess I've never really been anywhere else like it. Um, it's kind of just random big city on a hill. You know, you drive for three hours, nothing, nothing to lose there. Drive for five hours more, and you'll you'll find nothing. It's just this weird little spot. It really is like if I was ever to. You know, I, I hope to go back to Minnesota, you know, someday. But, like, Duluth, I think, would be kind of the jumping-off point I would want to leave from. Because, if you, you know, I served most of my mission up north, you know, with, Clo- you know, Cloquet opened, Menominee's in Wisconsin, and then you got Superior right there. Right. So it just seems, 
it's a very it seems like a very barren place when you're there but it's actually quite yeah i guess it's quite significant which funny enough do you remember when we were in duluth and we went to that sandwich place and i got that uh was it you i got was it with you i got the lamb sandwich and i hated it no i don't even (laughs) i think i would have remembered that i don't remember a lamb sandwich Oh my gosh, yeah. It, it, I don't know if it was after you left, because you, yeah, because you left, and then I was with another companion. But we went to the sandwich shop in Duluth, which later ended up on that guys guys show where he goes to different restaurants oh, in the U.S. Yeah, I think cause I remember I, I remember seeing an episode in Duluth, and I think I recognized the place, like the outside of it, but I never actually went there. But yeah, yeah. Well, no, we. I'm trying to remember because I thought it was you because we ate outside of it. We ate at this thing. It was us and like the zone leaders. But I don't remember I don't, which zone leaders it was. I don't. Yeah, I don't remember that. I remember. I remember the place because it was like right. Was it was it an Italian joint that was like right underneath an apartment building? Some apartment buildings were the floors above it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. Well, it wasn't. It wasn't an Italian place. It was a sandwich place. It was a sandwich, place, right? I think, yeah, I, think yeah, I remember yeah. it. And it was like an old, it was like in West Duluth, right? Kind of like the old strip of Grand Avenue. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Cause yeah. Yeah. I, 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 had, I, I had my first lamb chop sandwich there and it was the worst thing I've ever eaten to this day. <laughs> oh, that's so, I'm so sorry. That's, you know, I've never, I've had a lamb, I've had a lamb a few times. My, my brother one time made a mutton for us. Uh, and uh, I I wasn't a huge fan if I remember correctly, um, but I also had my uh, many a uh, a gyro or gyro in my day at Greek restaurants, and I I absolutely loved them. And those are typically made with lamb. Um, so I have I have a love hate relationship with lamb, um, but I don't think I've ever had lamb chops. And I know I don't like pork chops, so I imagine I probably wouldn't like lamb chops. But I, I don't know. Well, you don't like pork chops. They're just so dry. Maybe maybe just had bad ones. I don't know. I know if yeah. my dad was for this, but I just they just like been dry. And then, and I remember too. I remember particularly actually I was on the mission. But I was in St. Paul area. It was Christmas, and we had pork chops with this family, and uh, it was this massive pork chop. It was huge. You know, everyone thinks everyone thinks if you're a missionary, everyone thinks you're starving. And sometimes you are, but usually not. But everyone thinks you are, so they just give you these huge helpings. So this pork chop as big as my head, and man. It was, I don't, I feel like I'm complaining, but it, it was, it was an effort to put that down because it was just us two and then an older couple. So they're looking at us the whole time. And, uh, I don't know. I just I never liked them. That, that, that brings up another memory with you. Do you remember the big <laughs> Milwaukee burger? Oh, mm, I do. I that that was. So why know your experience is less delicious than mine? <laughs> because, no, no, it was not delicious. I, you about to say, did I ever tell you the story what happened after I ate it? <laughs> yes, you did. If I remember correctly, didn't you like later that night you went to some people's house and they had like this giant meat bar? And like, yeah, yeah. So, so you know, to, for context for the listeners, yeah. so in 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 Eau Claire, Wisconsin, we're another place. So me and a. Uh, uh, Parker, we didn't serve together there, but we were in the same area, general area. So occasionally we'd go out for for lunch or whatnot with the other missionaries in our area. And we go to this restaurant. You guys can look it up. It's called uh, Big Milwaukee. And 
they have a big Milwaukee challenge where it's not a free sandwich if you finish it, which was bull crap. It was like a twenty what was it, like a twenty five dollar <laughs> burger. Yeah. And it was it was about almost close to three pounds. Uh-huh. And if you finished it, you got your picture on Facebook and you got a T-shirt, which I still have that T-shirt. Nice. <laughs> and I-, I finished it. Parker, unfortunately, did not. I was close, but no dice. Yeah. Um, I think the only one that other finished it was... Uh, Who was it? The, the, the Samo- it was the Sam- Yeah, it was the Samoan guy and uh, Wor- Wormwood? No, not Wormwood. Something like that, though. Wor- Wor- yeah. Wormwood. I got yeah. him on I got him on Facebook, so Okay, he's not my favorite. He's a goofy dude. But anyway, yeah. Yeah, so then me and my me and my companion leave and uh we we had signed up for this dinner and I'm still just so full that I'm not like sick. I was just on like I, I am content with this with my with my full tummy. And then we go to this person's house, and this person had homemade the thickest, biggest bratwurst I had ever seen in my life. <laughs> and they were beef bratwurst. So I'm just kind of like, I'm like, oh, can I, I'm, I'm thinking, I hope they have something light, like some kind of like vegetables or chicken or fish. No, it's got to be the heaviest, greasiest <laughs> bratwurst I've ever had in my life. And I eventually, I, I got like half of one down. I eventually explained the story to them and they were totally understandable. And then we <laughs> went back home and I puked my guts out. Oh, man. So. Dude, I, you know, what, what the, the, tra- the real tragedy of that story to me is take away the Milwaukee burger part. It sounds like it would have been a really good broth. Like I would have really enjoyed that meal, to be honest. Like it, I, uh, I feel it, like Minnesota, Wisconsin, I to know how to do a broth. They it was they it it looked quite delicious and they had salad and all this stuff and my my companion just knew I was hurting but you know we wanted to be you know grateful and so I sat there with a smile and eventually I think it was the wife she noticed and she's like are you okay I'm like no no I'm not, I'm not okay <laughs> and I'm like unless you want me to yak all over your floor you know you you gotta let me go lay down and they they let me lay down on their couch they were really understandable about it good good that's good i um i'm trying to think have you ever done any food contests since since then either in a restaurant or just like with friends or family or whatever um i don't know i i try to avoid them for some reason i i guess i've i've lost my appetite since 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 i you know since i've gotten older i'm trying to you know, watch what I eat a little bit. I still eat yeah. like crap, but yeah. But you know, I try to not go too far. Yeah, I can still so, I can pr- still yeah. smash a fifty piece chicken nuggets, but that's about my limit. Okay. Yeah, I feel like the order man. I feel like if any older people, you know, if our parents or whatever are listening to this, I'm sure they're just like you're preaching to the choir. But it really is true. The older you get, man, the less you can put in. I remember. You know, as missionaries there, we go to Buffalo Wild Wings a lot because it was right there. And at that point in time, they didn't have any meat sauce. So I'm like, oh, this is sweet. And um, anyway, and I, you know, we, we could pound them. And now, oh man, it doesn't. It just doesn't. Doesn't happen. And it's. Uh, I've tried a few food contests since then. Not at restaurants, 
but uh, some that Marina's family, my wife's family, likes to do. And I just, I don't see the joy in it anymore. So I don't think I'll be doing food contests anymore. She has four brothers. They're all teenagers. So they're like, yeah, yeah. So I'm just like, <laughs> no. So. Yeah, that's just, yeah. I'm I'm at, I'm almost 30. I'm just, uh-huh. I'm just like, I, I want my, my innards to be okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I'm content. I'm content with, with this with you know being boring and and stuff but i'm just you know i've had one too many spicy poops in my life where i'm just like i if i can go without it you know that's even the same thing with hot stuff like i can eat hot stuff i can take it but i'm just kind of like why why should i subject myself to that uncomfort it's not even that good (laughs) oh it's true it's true um yeah also a food that we, one contest we did uh, was over Christmas with my wife's family, and I'm just like looking back now. I'm like, who thought this was a good idea? Because it's not even there's some contests like the Milwaukee Burger, where the burger itself is actually really good, but after a while it becomes gross. But there's other food contests where the food itself isn't that great anyway, just to start with. So like, why are we doing this? And the, the contest that we did, I think we tried to do with eight pop charts in ten minutes. Uh. Oh, so- Pop-Tarts aren't that great anyway. Let's, like, let's not kid ourselves. They're there to eat in five seconds if you have nothing else for breakfast. And, and, uh... They're so heavy. Yeah. Oh, it was so heavy. It was so dry. We could have water, thank goodness, but I, I still didn't finish. And, um... It was... Yeah, I tried that one. I also tried... It was, like, 30 pouches of these robot food snacks in an hour. And I think I got up to like 20 21 and i love gummies but that was that was brutal i think if you're oh man i'm sad for you like if you're that close i'm like you gotta just do it man i know i know that's how it's milwaukee burger i had i mean it was a what like a double or triple patty burger and i had i think two quarter patties left so you know combined like half a patty left and it was like, and all the good toppings are pretty much gone. So I didn't even have to get through that much topping. Um, I still could not, could not do it. I, so. Another challenge I did was with uh, Josh Carroll. Don't know yeah, if I should be saying him over a podcast, but <laughs> but he was my last. He was my last companion, and we did. I get the Kool Aid Jammers one. Have you heard that? No. <laughs> it's like you have to drink 20 Kool-Aid jammers in like 30 minutes. Oh, gosh. And it's like the milk challenge. It's physically impossible, and it, you, you're gonna, it, it's, the purpose is to make yourself puke. <laughs> but the interesting thing about it is because you're drinking Kool-Aid, your puke's going to be colored. Oh. And so he had blue and I had red, and I eventually sissied out and – and drank some of his blue, so like my puke was like purple. But I'll, I'll never forget, never forget the image of him puke. So he had had like, I guess he had had milk duds earlier in the day, and he's puking, and right in the middle of his puke, he's like, "Oh, there are my milk duds." And I'm just like, I can never look at milk duds the same way. Oh, that's funny. 
And that's Funny. for more on the part on the Parker Food Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it, uh, you know, it's it's funny. Um, just how I think I don't think you we think of food as just like a basic thing, you know, we just have to eat food every day. But like, there's actually so in like one of the classes I've taken in school, there's like a whole subset of food history. If you want to, you can become a food historian. Which on the onset like sounds crazy, but it's actually pretty cool how much food has to do with history. But the point I'm getting at is just interesting how you can talk so much about food, and how I think a large chunk of my food experiences are um, are from are from the mission, and actually a decent chunk with you. Cause were you were you with me when I think it's funny we can talk 15 minutes just about food, but were you with me the time? I'm not gonna say the family's name just because. I don't. I doubt they're listening. In case someone knows them, I'm not We went to a family's home there in Duluth, and their uh, one of their kids had cooked chicken for us. And I didn't know if the chicken was raw or just really, really, really um, grizzly. Was I with you for that one? I don't recall that specifically. Okay, maybe I just had another companion. But oh man, it was like I had to swallow the chicken whole. But I honestly did not know if it was raw or if it was just the fattiest, grisliest piece of chicken ever. But it was. I think that I think that's one of those things where where the grace of God will bless you <laughs> in that situation. So you, you have to. Unless we get a call from from our our mission president uh, to let everyone know, uh, Elder Parker got uh, salmonella and will not be joining us for the remainder of the mission. <laughs> Seriously. Seriously. Well, and the worst... Okay, here's a good question. I don't have to be on the mission. It can be your entire life. Um, and I guess you already said it was a lamb sandwich. That's just something else. I don't know food. It's a good conversation. What's the worst thing you feel like you've ever eaten? Ever. Okay. I mean... I'm not sure. Because even like... Even the lamb sandwich, it just did taste good, but it wasn't like physically harming yeah yeah. (laughs) for some reason like when i was a kid like one of the things i hate the most is coleslaw i don't know why and when i was a kid we did this like like triathlon thing or survival thing and there were like strange foods they had us eat but they weren't even really that strange like one kid had to eat like a raw like like raw onion you know that's not that strange no. But for me, they had coleslaw. And I don't know why, but it just made me violently, like, sick. <laughs> I don't know oh. if it just wasn't prepared right or just because I didn't like coleslaw. But <laughs> it was just so crazy how I just took one little bite of it and I was just like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Maybe it's, because uh, don't they use, they use mayonnaise and coleslaw, right? So Say what? They, they use mayonnaise and coleslaw, right? That's a thing? I, I, I believe so. Yeah, because I wonder, you know, you hear stories sometimes, horror stories of like these, you know, things that are mayonnaise, so tuna sandwiches or egg salad sandwiches that's been left out in the sun too long. So maybe there's something like that. Maybe they just left out the coleslaw a bit too long, so the mayonnaise <laughs> got a bit, a bit, uh, a bit tainted there, but I... And I, I'm one of those people where, like, 
you know, if you leave a pizza out overnight and you didn't put it in the freezer, I'll still probably eat it in the morning. Oh, me too. Yeah, that's fine. But I'm that's just, fine. I don't know. Just that coleslaw just is really bad. Really yeah. bad. Well, there's, there's something about the idea to me of any sort of food covered in mayonnaise just sitting out just sounds gross to me. Like the idea of eating like an egg salad sandwich that's been in the sun for four hours just just sounds gross to think about it. So, I have something to do with that, but I think I think for me the worst thing I've ever eaten. This is after my experience with you. Yeah, it was. I was in the Twin Cities. For our listeners, there's a lot of um, in the Twin Cities. There's a lot of African immigrants, and so we went to a home of someone who's from um, I'll be somewhere in West Africa. I can't remember exactly. Anyways, and they fed us greens with some some meat in them. And I, at the time, I didn't know what it was, but I found out later what it was that I had eaten a chicken testicle. And that, bar none, is the nastiest thing I've ever eaten in my life. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, yeah African food is, is either really, really delicious or it's just really different. I won't say yeah. it's bad. I just said, you know, it's no, very yeah. different from American um, culture. Absolutely. Like, yeah, I had to be holder there. But for me, I just remember it was this, like, it was, like, it was, like, picture, like, a, a marble cut in half and just, like, kind of really grisly on the inside and the outside had these little white hairs, kind of like a kiwi, but white hairs. And uh, let's just say that thing went down whole. I could not bring myself to try to, to chew on that one. But I think... You bring you bring it into good perspective. Very different. I won't say bad, but yeah, different. And for me, that was not my usual uh, what I was used to. So that was, yeah. I, you know, uh, and to, to segue the segue off the food, it's just crazy how you know you were talking about food historian, you know, like how, how there's such thing yeah. as food historians. Yeah. It's so it's so crazy. Just that, like people don't realize how isolated we, we you are when you are in one specific culture your entire life. It's, it's so true. It's so true. Like one of the, like one of my favorite shows and this will probably, you know, me, I'm, I was very much one of the not normal LDS missionaries. <laughs> I think it was, with, yeah, it was with you. I, I cussed in front of everybody during a card game <laughs> on Christmas. You know, I was the missionary that that dropped that dropped cuss words and stuff, but you know. So, dang, I forgot where I was going with that. We were talking uh, about yeah. So, one of the one of the biggest things I think, you know, we become so isolated by our culture, and we don't realize that other cultures can think like vastly different than us. Like, yeah. take food for example. And I remember why I mentioned that I'm not your normal this guy because, you know, one of my favorite shows is South Park. Uh-huh. And there's an episode where they illustrate that about how, you know, us in our Western view really see the hunting of whales and dolphins very, you know, very a horrific thing. Yeah. That, And that's something that primarily, you know, Asians do, like primarily Japanese, Asian, Koreans. Mm-hmm. But in Asia, in, in that in that part of the world, they look at us the same way. But they're in their view, they're like, "Oh, they're killing all these cows and chickens." Really interesting. Yeah, and that's what and that's what that's what dolphins and whales are to to people in that part of the world. It's just like 
cows and chickens. They just kill them and eat them. Interesting. You know, it's interesting, too, with food. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Are you going to say something else? No, 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 no. Go ahead. Okay. The thing, too, with food, it's interesting because you also see the different um, menus of, you know, these nation, not nationwide, worldwide fast food restaurants will change dependent on the culture. So, for example, I've heard that mutton burgers are actually a very popular thing at Indian McDonald's because, you know, many of them who, you know, who practice Hinduism don't eat cows. So a beef hamburger would, wouldn't, wouldn't sell there. It wouldn't fly. No. Uh, you know, and actually a fact I didn't know until just recently, but uh, the, uh, the fish fillet sandwich, I, I consider that kind of the ugly cousin of the McDonald's sandwich line because let's face it, that's not my first thing I'm going to order, but that's just me. But the fish fillet sandwich at McDonald's was originally created, I think, in the 60s because one of the franchisees, I think, lived somewhere in the Midwest, I think Ohio. And it was, you notice it's really hard to get business on Friday. Cool. Cool. A lot of Catholics didn't eat. Leave them alone. Sorry, go ahead. I, I thought I was on mute. You're good. But uh, no, a lot of uh, Catholics didn't eat meat on 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 Fridays. Um, and so he decided to market the filet fish sandwich as a way to market to uh, Catholics in the area who wouldn't eat beef on, on Fridays. So for it, for Lent, yeah. Yeah, for Lent, thank you. Yeah, saying what's the term here? And I apologize for any Catholic listening if my terminology is not correct. But yeah, for Lent. And uh, I thought that and they were like, wow, that's really interesting to to think about. So Well, and that's why um Subway has the same thing with their tuna sandwich. They have specific sandwiches for that. And it's really cool to see that, especially in media, like one of the best companies that does that is Disney. You can find Disney stuff for almost every country, especially China. And people like on TikTok and stuff are just now finding this. So they think it's like a big deal, but it's like, this has been happening for like ages, (laughs) especially with the Disney company. You know, like, like a lot of people just found out that the black Panther posters in China don't even show any black people <laughs> really because yeah because it's just it's commonly it's common in china that they don't really you know i want to say they don't like black people but that's just not something that their mainstream audience is accustomed to that's why black panther did not do that good in china really it's just because it was it was yeah it's a, it's a movie filled with black people and no. uh and people, you know, you wouldn't dream of something like that happened in America where a film with predominantly, you know, African-American actors is just kind of, it, you know, it's hidden the fact that there's black people in it. But that's what Disney tries to do all the time, especially in China. Really? Just like marking mm-hmm. the demographic and, you know, it's, it's, it's uh, yeah, it's interesting how much, you just don't think about that, but how much, how how will things succeed in different cultures depending on, uh, you know, factors such as, um, you know, ethnic demographic or religion, such as with the, the uh, mutton burgers in India or filet fish and McDonald's. I mean, just how many different factors play into what we eat and, and what we watch and then how companies will change, you know, shift their, 
shift what they do uh, to meet the demands of that culture. So it's it's all in the world. I don't think you think about very often. Um, and I like too. I remember these serving in you know and being in Minnesota, Wisconsin. I remember all the time driving by different local little little restaurants, and they'd advertise Fish Fry Friday. That seemed to be a thing, and I think that speaks to the high Catholic population that's there. And I, I would assume that's probably where that came out of, and why that's such a big, a big thing, at least in part. That'd be my guess. So I think it's super interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, just it's, and I, I think. I first noticed that, you know, I, I really got into it, especially, you know, after my mission, just, you know, figuring out, you know, reading different books on, you know, how companies adapt their sales team or even their, you know, how they market their products based off of, you know, race and culture that they're trying to sell it. But I think it first became apparent to me in high school because you always – and you can – let me know if you had done this in high school, but there's always those debates in history class about whether we should have dropped the bomb on Japan in World War II. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We had those debates. Yeah. 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 You always have those debates and you always have the weird hippie girls that were like, oh, it's so wrong. And then there's always, and then you have to be the jerk on the other side being like, uh, no, we had to, we, you know, there's, you arguably had to do this because the Japanese would not have stopped. <laughs> Right. And it's just, you know, I've always been in those situations. Like, I think I, w I was in those situations. I was, I had an experience in high school. There was a specific girl, and I can see her face right now, and I don't remember her name, but she was super, like, anti-everything that makes me me. <laughs> like, I like liked to fish. She was super against fishing. I like I mentioned... <laughs> You know, I I wear camo to school because I'd been hunting that morning, and she would just go off on me, like for randomly, like you know, you're killing animals, and you're pro and you're potentially killing killing humans because my uncle died in a hunting accident, and I'm just like, I don't even know you, and little did I know that's kind of this whole culture now. This whole culture is if somebody sees something they don't like about you, it's their job to let you know, hey, that. I know, I know this word is very taboo these days, but that offends me. <laughs> yeah, it's, man, I, I'm still trying to find the balance here because I, I feel like, um, I won't go down the rabbit hole here and read, uh, you know, and read, but. I, oh, I yeah, like, well, we're, we're, we're in it. We're in it. We're in it. And I, I don't want to go too far down it um, for, uh, you know, and, but I, I, I guess I feel like I don't, I'm still trying to grapple with what that balance is like because I, I think, there's because we're all humans, right? And there's a billion different people, billion different opinions, billion different thoughts. You know, even within the same the same area. So, for example, I live here in Florida, but my next door neighbor probably thinks differently than I do about certain Florida things. You know, so there's really no way to appease everyone on everyone's different views. But at the same time, you know, I guess trying to figure out. And I think we're really trying to grapple with that right now. It's trying to figure out where is that line of trying to help everyone feel um, supported in their views or included or comfortable, but at the same time, you know, there's billions of people, the billions of views. You you can't cater 
cater to everyone. And so, and we all, you know, and then you could say, I, I, yeah, it's a hard subject because I just don't know, you know, you want everyone to be as comfortable as possible. You certainly don't want things that are blatantly like not cool out there, but then that line of what, where's, you know, what's too far, what's not, is so different for everybody. And I, I think that's what we're still we're grappling with right now, and uh, what that looks like, I don't, I don't know, because I think, I would imagine, well, I know for sure, I think you and I probably have different viewpoints on that, and I know our listeners certainly do. And what, where, yeah, I, <laughs> I don't know if there's one set answer, and I don't. That is, that is the the, the golden question, the golden topic right now is, we want people to feel comfortable, want people to feel okay, we want people to feel like they're being represented, but at the same time you know, where's the line on, on either side of it. And I, I, and I, I think the most, I think the most important thing to remember, just so we don't go into this rabbit hole even longer is, you know, right. the internet is not all real life. Twitter is not real life. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah the, the problems that like Selena Gomez faces are not the problems I ever have to face. And the same with her, right. like Selena go like, or someone f- famous, like, Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise never has to worry about making his house payment. Right. You know, that's a, that's a worry I have, but just in line, you know, Tom Cruise can't go into his, into his local Walmart. If there's even one near him just to buy like canned goods, you know, that's something I have the luxury of being able to do because I'm not a famous, you know, I'm not a person that's not, I don't want to say famous, well-known, let's say that. And yeah, so, but yeah. I think we just need to remember that those aspects of American culture are only a subsection. So we shouldn't use that as our as our trampoline point. We need to trampoline based off of our neighbors. Like, obviously, if I have an LGTB couple next to me, now like that lives next to me, you know, that's something I need to consider. I need to consider making sure that I'm not being, you know, offensive to their right. way of life. And they right. should do the same. It's, just, it's the golden rule. Treat people like you want to be treated. Want to be treated. But and I, yeah, then you just got to remember Facebook and Twitter and YouTube. That's not real life. That's, it's supposed to be entertainment. And unfortunately, they're not doing a very good job because all this censoring and stuff, it's not entertaining. It's just people yeah. trying to make problems. Yeah, I think... And I think so. We we gotta wrap it up here. But I think I think that's the two. I, I will say that I think that's the two great points to close on here is is a, um, you know, as much as Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter are are can be platforms to get ideas and thoughts out there, I think they're really becoming right now just a really a a a, a boxing match. You know, a, a, just a a source of everyone really venting, but not really. Um, but the problem is, is because it's the Facebook. I guess what I'm trying to say. Ultimately, I guess is realize that Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube, and all of them are all created by people who all have different viewpoints and and different ideas and all of that. So to to take everything we get from that as fact is not feasible or wise. And the other thing I think more important is the golden rule is is, you know, as it's aptly named, the gold standard. I mean, it, you know, treat people want to be treated. I think that's the bottom line of it all. And uh, so, yeah. absolutely. So, 
Well, it has been wonderful catching up with you and talking about everything from food to culture to um, to kind of where we're at, you know, today in our, our current situation. And, uh, um, you know, and for our, uh, and yeah, just a, a great, great time catching up. So thank you, Caleb. And uh, for our listeners, thank you for listening. If you would like to be interviewed or know someone who would, feel free to send an email to the Parker Talbot show at gmail.com. Also follow uh, our Facebook page, the Parker Talbot show, and uh, we will be seeing you next time. Thanks again, Caleb. Yeah. Do it. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Bye. Bye.